You're listening to the Combinate Podcast, a show that connects you to the most important resource in the medical device and pharma industries, its people. My name is Subi Sedate. I'm a bioengineer, and for the last decade, I've sought to broaden my understanding in this industry and have been amazed at the wonderful people I've met and the insights they've given me. Each week, I sit down with leaders to discuss their expertise, the lessons they learned, and continue that mission. Whether you're a student, engineer, scientist, or marketer, you're sure to pick up advice and knowledge that you can apply to make an impact. Now on to the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Combinate Podcast. We're going into the science today. So um, we're honored and graced today by Xinjin Yang. Uh, Dr. Xinjin Yang is a PhD polymer scientist focused on innovation in material science, particularly in the healthcare field. Uh, he's been in the industry for more than three decades, well-published. Uh, he's worked at uh, large companies, small companies, notable ones, Baxter, UL, and most recently Pfizer. Um, welcome, Shinjin. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. Shinjin, could you go over the um, material development process, like from, from the point of view of, say, let's say like a resin or a film supplier? What, is, what does it look like to develop a new material? Well, for today, for to be of the new material, of course, it's not easy, right? So, and, you know, especially for new materials, and because currently we have a so many, so many class of the materials. And so for the biomedical, we just using like for the PE or PP, polyesters, polycarbonate and all kinds of polymers. It's been, you know, it's been in some phys- good physical properties. So for to be of a biomedical application, we just tear off the, what we have in the materials with the, you know, with the certain additive you know, for, you know, for different application of the devices in the combination products, you know. And, and also, of course, you can, we can develop the process for different processes. Great, you know, like injection molding, extrusions, and, you know, and injection molding, extrusion, or the, or the, or the, or the thermal forming and you know compressions and all kinds of the different grade. We just try to, you know, use in a different molecular weight or different, you know, different, you know, different melting points or the glass transition temperatures and try to, you know, tailor the right material for different application for different processes. Okay. And so what what you're saying is that typically the development of a new material is based on sort of a new new problem or situation. And so if if a, an existing material wants to be used for uh, a new process type or a new application, you may adjust a certain parameter or multiple parameters, but you're usually working off of an existing material. Is yes, right? like for example, like for example, you know, the most popular one is PP and PE, right? So we use in a different composition of the PP and PE and the developed component. Polypropylene and polyethylene, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's all existing polymer, existing chemistry. 
what I mean, you know, you mean a new material with new chemistry, of course, that will be text, you know, many years to develop brand new material with the new chemistry of materials. When you say new chemistry of material, what do you mean? Like, for example, like you want to have a, you know, for, you know, for, you know, for different like, like polyesters or polyamines, polyemines, or, you know, brand new, it's a new chemistry. It's a, it means it's a, you know, like, for example, when I was in Eastman Chemical and polyester usually have a, you know, two, the heat resistance too low. So they have to develop new chemistry to increase the heat resistance. So they develop kind they call tri triton. Okay, that's a new high TG polyester with the new chemistry. Okay, so that that takes time to develop new material and also to bring to the market because yeah. yeah so that's that's what yeah. I'm asking if you're if yes. you're developing a new material like that I, yes. I guess go, going behind the curtain for like an an Eastman or a Dow or or whomever if they're if they're creating say a brand new spec or family of materials what what does that process look like? Well, that's have to go with the you know reactors and then with the new polymerizations and you know and then of course that will be takes you know longer to develop the, the you know brand new material with the you know with the good properties you know the the reason why I just mentioned because if heat resistance you know it's too low you want to bring in higher heat resistance you have to bring some kind of new chemistry into the polymer to improve the heat resistance so. So, so most of the most cases, you know, we just use the physical branding. Like for example, we just, you know, physical branding or using the copolymerization of the PP or PE or branding with the, you know, you know, different ratio of the P, you know, more the PP and PE, or sometimes we branding with polyesters with the, you know, polycarbonate, and so using the physical branding of the two existing polymer. That's another way to, you know, to modify or tailor the desired property you, know, you would like to have. Understood. So, so, right. so you're, you're saying that generally speaking, most, most applications can um, potentially be accomplished by a blending of existing materials? Yes. In most cases. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I guess but you you want to up you want to have optical clarity. So in, in our you have to the two existing polymer has to be miscible in order to get the good optical clarity of materials. But as a as you know, most of the polymer polymer mixtures it's not easy to be miscible. Okay. But but for uh, you know for the similar chemistry will be easier to achieve. More disabilities. Understood. How how does one make sure that the mixing process is is homogenous? Like what oh, what what, that, what controls what controls are in place to like let's say let's say you're doing for example an injection molding process, yeah, and you're sourcing either multiple materials to be mixed or adding in colorants or or even or even at a material vendor that's blending for you. I mean, what is what does the actual mixing process look like? Well, usually, you know, mixing we just using the saw and paper branding, right? So you have a two feeders, you know, the the feeder one for a material, feeder B for 
you know, for another materials, right? So you mix it and you go through the male mixing and to go through the injection molding, right? So how are we gonna check the how well they mix? So you can use the basic tool, you can use the DSC and to check, you know, are they going to do they have a two TG or two mailing picks? So you have a more mix where you usually just after mixing, you only get one TG or the one melting picks. You, you know, you are two, it's not too miserable or not too compatible. You're going to get two TG or two melting picks. Okay. So that's the easy way to check by DSC, you know. So what is, what is TG? Oh, TG is a grass transition temperature of pollen. Oh, oh, I see. The, right. Yeah, and the, and the melting pig is called TM, right? TM is melting pigs no, or melting ponds. Got it. Okay. Um, so essentially looking at when the material transitions. Yes. Okay. But if if, if the two polymer is the two, you know, the, the TG is too close, so you may have to go through the, you know, go through the microscope and to, you know, to check about how well they mix, you know, like, you know, like SEM or TEM and to see how well they mix. Got it. So um, what considerations um, are there for selecting a material? Well, for the, you know, for the biometric application, right, you have to consider what's the basic requirement, you know, basic requirement. It's very, you know, usually we define, okay, first of all, you have to select the good mechanical properties of the materials. Hopefully, it's good tensor properties, right? So good mechanical properties, and then you have to consider, you know, are they biocompatible or not, right? And I guess then, sorry before 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 we move on to to biocomp um, mechanical properties. You mentioned tensile strength. What else? Yeah, and all and also another important property like you know like uh, you know like compressibility or impact strengths, right? So, you know, because some application depends on your, you know, device component. And some device component, you need certain impact strengths to prevent ending cracking, cracking or cracking, right? So, you, so I, I think I, I, uh, I sometimes look at my guests through uh, on like the U.S. Patent Office. You had something yeah. about... Uh, it, it, you had a paper about, um, or excuse me, I think you have a patent on impact strength. Is that right? Yeah, impact strength is a, you know, for example, like when you, you know, when you device, you have any like impact, like, you know, for example, like spike. So you're going to spike insert into that device or tube, whatever. Yeah. You, need, you need certain degree of impact to prevent cracking, right? So, yeah, and then the other one you mentioned compressibility. Yeah, compressibility for like for stopper, for the you know for stopper oh, plungers. So you need a good you know you need a good compression set, you know even you know before and after, you know before and after sterilization or autocrate, right? So. Is that the same as compression coefficient? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I guess moving moving on to uh, biocomp then. Obviously, yes. um, maybe maybe I can talk about this one, and then you can embellish anything that I miss. But oh yeah, you can, yeah, I think you are pretty good on that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but but biocompatibility essentially is is based on the uh, contact duration, 
as well as the type of contact with the uh, patient user. And yes. from there, uh, there's a standard list of testing. Um, anything to add on? Well, another thing is a, you know, of course, the, you know, the, the final part, I used to have to go to make sure you're extractable and leachable, right? So that's another important thing to do. And, and, and also, one thing is also sterilization is also is another key factor have to be considered because most of the tier supplier, they don't do, they don't, they don't check on extractable leachable after sterilization, for example, gamma, right? So, you know, because a lot of material before and after gamma, they may have a, you know, they may have very different results from the, you know, from the extractable digital because the gamma, you know, is very destructive to most of the, you know, plastics and rubbers. So they may generate, you know, some, you know, unwanted chemicals, which may be toxic or carcinogens. So that's something that to be, you know, to be concerned about, you know, about the, you know, get especially for radiation sterilization, you know, like gamma, X-ray, or E-beams. Yeah, um, I guess. But before we jump into sterilization, can you talk about ENL generally speaking? Well, extractable and leachable, it's a you know, it's very. Of course, I'm not expert on that, but but you know, but after sterilization, okay, extractable leachable, you can use all the you know very, you know, kind of complex and analytical tool. Like you know, GC, HPLC, and whatever, and to identify what kind of chemicals you know will be in the solution, or will be in you know in a solution or after sterilization or other crap, so you can figure out what kind of the you know the chemicals in composition there, and to make sure each chemical it's not you know it's not toxic or not carcinogen, which you can you, you can from all the database to find out. You know, such chemicals, it's, you know, it's safe, you know, it's safe to be used for the, you know, for the certain sterilization and for the, for the solution, you know, contact products. And that's, and that's where um, having a, like a qualified toxicologist to do that sort of risk yes. assessment is important. Yes, 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 yeah, yeah. So you can do the study and make sure to identify chemicals and based on all the chemicals there. And then the tuxedo, tuxedo just can, you know, can can make sure, you know, every chemicals or residues, you know, in the, you know, in the solution after extractable digital, and then make sure they are safe, not non-toxic or non-carcinogen. So, Got it. Right? So, yeah, can, can you talk a little bit, uh, I, I, sorry, I guess any, anything else? We talked about mechanical properties, biocompatibility, oh, ENL, yeah, sterilization. Processing, you know, processing, great, right? So, because, you know, every material supplier, they were, you know, of course, like PE and PP, they all have a different grade, processing grade of material, right? So you can, you know, some grade can, can say extrusion grade, or some grade, it was a bro molding grade. And or some some will say that the injection molding grid, it's all PE and PP type component, right? But they have a different, you know, male flow, or they have different rheology, you know, rheology behavior. So depends on you know what you know that processing for for example, extrusion grade, usually male flow is very low, and bromoting also low melting flow, 
right? And for injecting modern grade, usually will be higher melting flow because for injecting modern, you need, you know, you, you want to consider the commercialization. You know, you want to go with that, you know, two cavities, four cavities, even 16 or 32 cavities of your device. And then you need a higher flow of materials that usually they will call, that's, a, you know, that's for injection molding grade, okay? So that's another thing, another one you have to consider how you stack the material depends on what processing you're going to be, you know, you're going to be used for developing your device or combination product. Yeah, okay. and then and okay, got it. So you know what what you're saying, and and it makes sense is that the um, materials when they're developed, they're developed yeah. for a certain use case, and you know you should use them in the use case because if you were to use say a blow molding grade material for injection molding, you may find issues. In um, especially yes. as and and it makes sense, especially as you move move into commercializing with uh, you know especially higher cavitation yeah. and things like that where the, where the melt flow would be important. Um, uh, so I mean, you talked a little, you you started talking a little bit about the the grading, right? There, there's also sterilization grades, right? Yes, yeah, like you know, for gamma grade, right? Okay, but you know, gamma grade or line gamma grade, right? So. You know, is what I does just, that mean? What what is gamma grade and non gamma grade? Oh, mean? Well, does it mean it has you know, additional materials or? Um, no, they just they just testing? put additional additive to prevent the gamma. You know, because gamma is kind of very is a radiation and it's very destructive. They can cause the polymer degradation, right? So especially for PP. Okay, PP is a even has a you know it's a you know higher degree of you know higher degree of degradation caused by gamma and PE too, but PP will be more severe than PE. Okay, so therefore you want to prevent the further degree of degradation. Usually, material supply will add the gamma stabilizer. They call gamma stabilizers. You know, generally speaking, it's kind of peroxide type of additive, okay, to add into the polymer material to to be used for gamma treatments. So that's called gamma grade. Okay, got it. Um, is there is there generally speaking, right, gamma or 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 X or even or X ray? So yeah, um, that they they all fall under the same sort of category, you'd say. Yeah, I think the, you know, gamma so far, my understanding, of course, you know, I, I don't have a detailed study results, you know, to compare, you know, be, compare among gamma, even x-ray, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't have such, you know, detailed study results that, but, but anyway, for gamma, even x-ray, they all kind of radiation, you know, radiation source. So such radiation, easy to very easy to cause the degradation of the most you know plastic and robbers so understood is yeah. there is it i mean generally speaking in your experience with like say most common materials um is there significant impact from gas sterilization eto vhp well eto 
and uh, it's being used less, you know, right? Yeah. Well, ETO, it's all there's a concern because ETO, you know, may you know may may be easy to be trapped in you know in the polymer matrix, right? So yeah. you know, so that that that's that's a concern, you know, ETO because you know ETO. You know, may maybe remain or trap into the polymer matrix. Difficult, you know, difficult to, to get it out. So, so I think the most. But you're you're saying you're saying that you know that 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 is not accomplished beyond. Um, I guess that's that's that that's maybe a good question then because I thought yeah. most of that is addressed through aeration. Yeah. Um. But you're but you're saying that there is the potential that it becomes a little more almost integrated into the material well eto you know you know may may not be good if they remain in the polymer matrix so so usually for solution contact i think people prefer to use just gamma and or autocrypts what kind of testing is done to understand you know how what how much of a gas is retained on a material well i think you can use the kind of the analytical tool like you know for FTIR or you know NMR and you can figure out do they have you know they have such gas in you know inside of the polymer matrix and also understood so so you're saying that basically looking at a difference between pre and post yes like yeah. has has the material changed and then maybe doing doing more analysis actually see that it's changed yes understood. yes yeah okay okay. Um, so uh, I guess go, going back to uh, sterilization, you talked about um, uh, stabilizers being added in. Uh, what about colorants? Oh yeah, for colorant, and sometimes you want your device to be, you know, like you know, like for example, you want to your be device to be red or white, right? Okay. So you know, you know, for example, if your, you know, your your labor, your, you know like red or or white that colorant usually they have to use you know kind of food food grade of the add you know food grade of the colorant right or you know or kind of the safety type of the colorant to be included in the you know in the polymer okay got it i think the material supply they know what kind of the you know colorant can be used for full contact or uh, for the solution contact of the biomedical devices. Understood. Um, yeah. can, can, can you talk about, um, you, you know, understanding how a material performs from, say, shelf life point of view or looking at how does the material disintegrate over <clears throat> time or after processing and so on? Oh, yeah. So shelf life, Okay, that's not easy to predict, right? Because you know when you do the pop when when you when you when you from your like receive you receive the material right and you go to the processing right you go like injection molding extrusions in you know whatever all kinds of processing right and then when you under such processing condition you usually had in a higher temperatures and some pressure there so. They may cause some degree of depredation, right? Okay, so that's one concern. And this, and then after you finish all your processing, you have to go with the sealing welding of your, you know, maybe one or two components. So that's called interfacial 
you know, interfacial connection between two components. So you have some process in there. And after that, you have to go through all the sterilization, like, you know, like we just talked about, you know, gamma or NR all the grade. So all processing, sterilization, and then shielding welding, and then, you know, all of this. So your polymer or your material may have some degree of degradation. So you don't know, you know how, you know, how it's sterilized. So usually we have to study to, you know, to do like, we can do the accelerated agent study. So usually you can like go with 40C and 60C and then you can use in there the equation, kind of erroneous equation and to predict, you know, how, you know, how how long of your shear life is going to be, right? Yeah, and that's that, that's that combination between temperature and relative humidity. Oh, yes. Temperature and time, right? So Temperature, time, humidity, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, use the you know use the higher high, you know, higher temperatures like sixty C. Of course, your you know your age you know your 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 aging time will can be you know can be can be longer, right? So, so you lower temperatures, your aging time will be you know will be short will be shorter. So, so it depends on it will be longer. So it depends on what temperature, what time. Okay, there's a there's a correlation equations. To you know, to be figured out, it's kind of erroneous type of equations. Got it. Um, what are what are particular considerations as far as combo products go for materials? Well, there's a is like you know you have to consider all the basic requirements, right, and the functional requirements. Functional requirement, like it's a you know, as I point out, you know, you have to go with seating, welding, and uh, and then sometimes you have to your your device to go. With the spike insertion, or you know, you know, or, or drop impact, and all, you know, all those they this is called functional performance, and and then later on you have to consider all the interfacial performers, interfacial performance because you want to, you know, can connect you know two components, you know, by using the seating or welding. I mean, so load and then sterilization. So there's all the basic requirement you have to consider, right? So, you know, what, you know, so that's very important guidance to select the right and good materials. Okay. Yeah, but so I guess, I guess all, all those, all those are the same for regardless of whether it's a combination product or just a medical device, right? Are, as a different way, are yes. there, are there particular requirements for combo products that aren't the same for, um, say, just a standalone medical device or a standalone even disposable medical device? So that's the, you know, depends on, you know, what kind of disposable, you know, device and then how they be, you know, how they be used. So that's also important that, you know, I mean, if, 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 if your device, you don't have any external force, external pressures. I mean, that maybe that, that, that requirement will be different from device. You have an external pressure, external, you know, force. It has to be applied during the you know during the usage, and then you have to consider you know the better mechanical properties such as the impact or tensor, you know to be you know to be considered right. So, yeah, I got it. I, I guess the 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 last sort of question I have related to um, yeah. materials, particularly, is any considerations in terms of selecting glass versus plastic in solution contacting. Um, 
or, or you could even say in selecting primary containers, vials, and so on. Oh, vials, syringes, you want so to you see compare the prostate versus grass? Yeah, when to select which? Oh, yes. Well, you know, of course, everyone knows grass is very brittle, easy to be, you know, easy to be broken, right? Of course, right? And for, of course, by comparability of barrier properties, I think grass will be, you know, better than, you know, they, you know, they better than plastic or, or rubbers. But however, plastic and rubber will be easy to be processed and you can, you know, you can make any kind of shape in the form, right? So, I mean, that's better than grass. So, 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 no wonder the nowadays, you know, every, you know, every, I think the most of the grass has been all replaced by, you know, plastic and rubbers, right? So, because, you know, in terms of processing, in terms of cost, you know, in terms of the, you know, some performers, you know, like mechanical properties, impact, I think definitely plastic and rubber will be more superior than grass. Got it. So Shinjin, if you would, if yes. you had to sort of summarize the you know what considerations to to look for in a material, what would you say? Okay. Yeah. In summary, you want to select the right and good materials. Okay. There are four major important you know factors you have to consider. The first one, performance. Okay. Performance including your basic performance, functional performance. And your interfacial performance, as we previously discussed, right? And the secondly, we have to consider the quality. Okay, so when you select right and good materials, how good are your quality? You know, how consistent your material, you know, to be used, and including all the shelf life, you know, stability of the of 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 the device, and the third one is the safety. Safety is that we discussed, you know, you have to make sure your extractable ditchable is safe, it's non-toxic, non-carcinogens, so that's safety. And the last piece is a commercialization. For example, injection molding, you better select injection molding grade. So it will be easier for your device to commercialize into the, you know, into from like two, four, 16, or even 32 cavities. So that also can bring down your manufacturing cost. So there's a four major factors. It's to be important to be considered to select the good and right materials. Performance, quality, safety, and commercialization. Okay, that's the summary for the select right and good materials. Very good. Okay. Right? Well, yeah, very good. Um, yeah. last, last, last two questions as, as we close Shinjin, um, yeah. what is, what is a book that, uh, influenced your life? The book? A book. Oh, the, you actually, yeah. you, you actually, uh, you edited a book, right? Yeah. It is a, but yeah. that in the polymer for, in the, polymer for the solar, solar photovoltaic modules, right? So, of course I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking to, you know, to write, the another book, which is a polymer materials for device and combination product. Okay, that's one book I'm thinking now. And another book I'm thinking to write is a science and technology of polymer framework framework ability. So, okay. Yeah, so, you, you. I know you have um, 
yeah anyways um yeah i i would buy i would i would think i was gonna say there is a no good science and technology book to you know to you know to to discuss address about quantum materials for device and combination product okay i think this is a very important area and also will be future trend and i believe polymer material will be you know widely you know it will be more popular to be used in the device and combination products now so well I, it's easier for land pvc so. yeah I, I would buy that book um, but yes. is there is there say a non materials related book that you really like? Well, because all my you know career and all my life is all polymer and you know rubbers and plastics, so I you know I just focus on all this. Of course, you know I understand all the other materials, you know like titaniums or glass. Glass, you know, this is a you know this is also important because the you know some. You know, some application is special for very high heat resistance, right? And you need to, inside application, you need very stiff. So you have to consider the glass or titaniums or coppers or, you know, or steers. So, you know. Um, I'm uh, asking, sorry, Shinten, I'm asking yeah. for just gener generally speaking, any book not related to uh, your field. Oh, any book? Nope. I don't have any other book. <laughs> <laughs> I I just say, of oh course, you know, I you know, I have to, you know, hopefully from polymer someday I will understand more and more about matrix and grass. Right. So very good. Okay. And they will what? write that book. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. The 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 combo product good sounds really the combo product good, yes. uh, book sounds really good. The last question yeah. I have for you, uh, Shinjin, is what is something you're excited about? Well, the exciting is that, you know, every time if I select the right good materials and then I got, you know, got good performance of the product, it's kind of the, you know, it's kind of accomplishment, you know. And and also, uh, indeed, I also received, uh, you know, fatal position from SB Society Process Engineer, and to recognize my, you know, accomplishment, achievement for, you know, for plastics. So that's something that I fear, you know, feel great. I mean, you do something, you see the all the exciting scientific results, and that's the, you know, that's the objective of professional careers, right? So we hopefully bring the value of the science and technology. Well, very good. Thank you, Shinjin, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's my great pleasure to discuss with you. Thank you, and uh, good luck, Subi. Thank you so much.